Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. The amoeba that swam. <laughs> keep going back. From the particle dust of the Big Bang. <laughs> that weird, that weird fucking mammal that was riding around when the dinosaurs ruled the planet <laughs> stayed ready. <laughs> I always wondered because they said there was like there was a couple of mammals or whatever precursors to mammals. On the planet, and the ice age happened. I wonder if they was talking shit, bro. They're like, "Hey, you cold, pimp? <laughs> My body could self-regulate. You feel me? <laughs> You're obsolete. Fuck out my way. I'm gonna lay right here until you die, cause I want me to be the last person you ever saw. <laughs> Let him. Oh Jesus Christ." He's like, no one's gonna remember remember you for who you are. They're just gonna make weird movies that are all made up. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Well saying the dinosaur dinosaurs might have had like feathers, like they were big ass chickens. <laughs> and I need to see that. <laughs> A T Rex going around. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some kind of fucking um I saw a picture. It was dinosaur feathers and it was so funny. <laughs> I mean, if you saw it in real life, you'd fucking run like a son of a bitch. But <laughs> well, no shit, it'd be like a five-story building. <laughs> like, holy fuck! <laughs> the first time you see it, hey, look at this dumbass with rats. Like, oh shit! <laughs> I was just playing. <laughs> you think it's funny now, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Land of the lost. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. It's a feathered dinosaur. I mean, I'm not even gonna show it because this is a podcast and stuff you know but it's just look up feathered dinosaur in google and they just they don't look cute or they just look goofy (laughs) and it's funny to me yeah but you know when you see it in real life and it's blood stained and it's got like you know you got the the meat of the prey that they just killed dangling from its mouth i'm 
pretty sure you'd be pissing your pants right about there. I remember when they, they were saying, oh, they want to see if they can bring dinosaurs back to life. Like, did none of you see Jurassic Park? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, for real, we, we I read the book if you really want to be fucking terrified. Like, like, like they the did, book is actually really dope. Like, they did five movies on it. Like, have we not learned? I know. <laughs> like... It's like those people <laughs> that book. are. It's like those people that are like, "Yeah, I'm like Scarface, motherfucker." It's like, did you not make it to the end of the movie? Because <laughs> <laughs> the book's really good, but um, it's a difficult read because it's a it's a hard science fiction. Oh yeah, they spend a lot of time on the fucking genetics and this and that and the other thing. I skipped a little bit. All right, yeah, <laughs> like, I get it. I've seen the movie already. Just let's. <laughs> it's like yeah, I've seen the movies. I I, I get what you're doing here. <laughs> it kind of that's what made me when I saw the movie. I almost I laugh so hard when it shows that video in the first one where it's like it dumbs down the whole process. Oh, right. Because I'm like, it's so funny when you've read the book and you know that it's so complicated. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, you know. I know. I heard that, too. And like a lot of people were like going, dude, they did like five movies on it. Like, have did we did we Stop forget it. like what, what happened here? Uh all right, welcome everybody to the Lazy Geeks, a weekly podcast that takes an unfiltered look at geek and pop culture and removes all that clickbait clutter we're thinking so you don't have to. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Uh, so, um, first off, uh, after this, three more episodes left. Yeah. Three more episodes till the, the magical 400 and our, and our, I guess, swan song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for this one, anyway. For this, yeah, it's magical, right? The magic trick is it's gonna disappear. <laughs> so, I mean, we have other shit going on, but right. just this show's gonna just this show. Um, so I, I we were, uh, if you listened, I, was it last week? Yeah, I think it was last week. We were kind of compl- talking about. I was gonna say complaining. Uh, we were talking about what we missed of Android versus uh, Apple. And it brought me to a good uh, a kind of an idea of like, OK, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back, switch to my iPhone for like a week or so and then kind of you and then use it and then see the stuff that I missed from Android. And I'm not talking about like the Samsung. stuff. I mean, like Google shit, like, you know, yeah. the, and uh, kind of see what are the reasons and what are the things that I like more about Android as opposed to iOS. And uh, kind of do probably do a little bit of a write up. I may give a you know a like a Jurassic Park dumbed down version of it on the podcast. <laughs> and this is the iPhone. <laughs> I can't uh, believe I still remember how that thing sounded. I'll have the, I'll have a little clippy animation on here. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Since Microsoft's not using it, well, we can probably use it. I don't even think they'd care. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, we if you guys ha- don't know yet, because we've been talking about the last couple po- podcasts, um, we're both about to switch. Well, we're not about to, but going to switch to uh, Android again. But um, go- I'm going Pixel. Me too. Yeah. But I- I'm waiting until like fucking February. <laughs> so because I-, I have to wait until I'm done paying off this phone. Yeah. And I probably will. Mine will probably be fairly soon. And they're pretty cheap. So it's like, you know. And like you know, they're like, "Oh yeah, you can get the Pixel Five Five G." It's like, no, no, I don't really want that. Because even Verizon put a uh, what did they say? There was a story that came out about Verizon saying, "Oh yeah, you know, for your five G phone, you know, um, you may just want to, 
you know, turn off the 5G when, you know, you're not using it to save your battery life. Yeah, because it's constantly looking for a 5G signal. Yeah, I know, and I'm like, and and even the, the writers over there, even though the ad is like, go with 5G, it's going to make life amazing. And it's like, yeah, it's because it's not there yet. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I'm, well, since I'm waiting until February, I'm going to see what they announce. Because they should announce the new phone in September. Yeah. Um. If it doesn't wow me, I'll just get the one before it and save money. Yeah. Because it's just not. I'm t- that's that's one of the one of the things I'm really tired of is playing the top of the line phone game because <laughs> it's a losing battle. It's right. I you assume, like I bought the um, iPhone 11 Pro Max. Okay. This shit was obsolete the next week. Like it's it's <laughs> you can never <laughs> win. <laughs> and then it's a lot of stuff that you, it's not necessary. Yeah, like I have the triple cameras. I think I only use one camera the entire fucking time. I, I don't even. The only thing that I've been really impressed with was the um, taking pictures in the dark. I don't know how it fucking does it, but it enhances the photo somehow, and then it looks like it's not in the dark anymore. I'm like, that's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, but was that's what I was watching with the um, the pixel with the uh, the pixel videos because I was looking at a bunch of like a. Uh, reviews on it and they were talking right. about how um that uh even though like when you look through the the through the um screen it looks all shitty they said but the software inside if you put it on a tripod will take amazing pictures in the dark right yeah the pixel camera's no joke so i am uh yeah i'm switching i would never get a samsung phone and i don't yeah. have too much things to say negative about the iphone it's just not for me yeah i'm not i'm not here to trash the fucking iphone but i will <laughs> trash the samsung phone <laughs> Sam, the samsung phone is like they made so many of those fucking deals it's like it's like why do we need all this shit pre-installed it's like just give me a fucking pixel phone and which in a lot of ways a pixel phone is kind of like the iphone it's like it's just the google shit you know? Yeah, you can make it as complicated as you want it to be. Yeah, but it's it's um stock Android is is very simple and easy to use. Um, and but you can st- you have that flexibility to do whatever fuck you want. Yeah. I think the thing I miss the most about Android is its flexibility with other ecosystems. Like you can be in multiple ecosystems and it works flawlessly. There's no issue. Hmm. But iPhone, <laughs> it can it can be a pain in the ass. And the you know, be- just. And the big thing too is like you know so many people say like, oh yeah I'm getting away from Android I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Apple then when you go to Apple how many of them Google apps are you using on Apple yeah you know I'm <laughs> using all of them yeah but then that's the thing too is they say oh you can use the other apps yeah you can but the phone always wants to use Apple shit yeah like if I don't have Apple Maps installed I uninstalled it because I was using Google Maps. And I said, I told my phone with the voice commands, hey, direct me to blah, blah, blah. And it says, you don't have maps installed. And I'm all, I know. <laughs> but it won't, it won't. I have to tell it. Yeah, well, it's like, even. You, I'm like, whatever. It's even like when you go into apps, if you can, if you put, you know, Chrome or whatever, or Firefox as your default browser, you go through Facebook to open up on, um, open up from the website or from your emails. It's going to open you up in fucking Safari. Oh, yeah. So. You know. The keyboard's the worst thing. Like <laughs> I, I use a different keyboard than um the Apple keyboard because the Apple keyboard but, is trash. Right, but nine times out of ten, it opens the Apple keyboard. Yeah, you have to go into the um, what is it, the little globe Im- image to switch it. Yeah, 
which is, which is I mean, ass. not complicated, but it's just like, it's a pain in the can ass. I make a choice on my phone? Yes. Yeah. You know, so. just let me live, Apple. <laughs> uh, all right. So now it's time to jump into some news stories that may have slipped under your radar this past week. Another reboot is coming. Celebrated author and essayist Tanishi Coates is writing a new Superman film that will be produced by J.J. Abrams. Shadow and Act reports the project has no release date or director attached yet, and there's still no word whether Henry Cavill will reprise his role. Shadow and Act suggests a new uh, a new actor to play Kal El Clark Kent Superman has yet to begin. Coates is as perhaps best known for his book Between the World Between the World and Me. And the beautiful struggle, and he's also comic comics experience, writing popular runs of both Black Panther and Captain America. Coates is also working on several other in development television and film projects, including a television series for HBO and a feature film adaptation of the New Yorker article about Atlanta teachers, to be directed by Ryan Coogler and starring Michael B. Jordan. It's unknown at this point if the new Superman will be DC and Warner Media's main version of the character going forward or be more of an experimental project side like Joker and the Batman. But recasting the role opens up all sorts of exciting possibilities. Jordan himself reportedly met with um, Abrams about a new version of the character, which, given his work with Black Panther, could bow well for the Man of Steel. However things shake out, it seems that J.J. Abrams' time at Warner Media producing Guru sealed the sealed to the tune of 250 million is moving in some interesting directions a justice league dark series a new superman and a generally different future after the Zack snyder's grimness yeah i i uh i'm looking forward to seeing what they put out i'm pretty sure they're it's going to be another side like joker yeah yeah because um it would be nice if they could you know now would be the time to make a cohesive universe because Marvel's doing, there's still a cohesive universe, but they're a little more spread out. It's not as laser focused on one thing. Right. Um, so that would be a good time to do that. However, Warner brothers um, has their head so far up their ass, they can't see. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is, but um, I'm still, I know they're bringing back or they're going to bring in, um, I forget his name, but the other Superman, um, which should be, no, there. There's been rumors of um, the black Superman. Yeah, that's yeah, that's for this one is what I heard. Right, 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 right. And people, some people are complaining. I was like, going, obviously, you never read the comics because there was yeah. a parallel. He exists where he exists, and he's the shit, dude. Yeah. So, like he's super fucking cool. I just want, and, I just want Henry Cavill. I don't want Henry Cav- Henry Cavill to suffer the fate of Brandon Routh. I want a good Superman using him to prove that, yes, you can do a good Superman with him and not him being associated with a bad Superman. Yeah. Yeah. But, I agree. But, uh, you know, it seems that Warner Brothers is like, well, we'll just do all these experimental shit. We'll basically do in the film universe what we did, in, what the DC did in the comics, and then try to figure out how to bring it all together later. They're becoming the Google of film. <laughs> they keep starting things and then not finishing them. And it's annoying. Like <laughs> and the, the 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 thing that's the most annoying is at this point I can't I can't believe that it's not a pride thing because literally the blueprint was already the last 10 years. Right. Like just just do that. Do that with your own vibe. No one's going to think poorly of you. 
I know it's like, if you try to do something similar. I know it, that's the thing is like it's like oh well we're not going to do what Marvel did why because they were good at it. Yeah, because it was <laughs> successful. Come on, right. dude, that's what the fans want. Yeah. They want to see a cohesive universe, yeah. and they do that pretty well in the animated stuff. Yeah, which is great. I don't want them to change that, but that's not mainstream. I still get made fun of for watching those. <laughs> You watch cartoons. I'm like, what are you fucking dumb? Like, it's the 21st century. Be an asshole. Fucking. But Marvel's been stepping up their animated game too. A couple of the recent ones, bro. <laughs> Pretty fire. Wanted all to do well. Yeah, because then it gives us more shit to watch. Exactly, and I'm bored. Yeah. But listen. But listen. <laughs> you won't have to settle. From modernized versions of classic Pokemon games in the near future. No. No. The Pokemon Company has used the 25th anniversary of the franchise. That makes me feel old as <laughs> fuck, bro. Um, to unveil Pokemon Legends Akiris, I think. Um, an open world, apparently more so than past games at least, action RPG for the Switch that's decidedly unlike the usual top-down experience you play a tra- I thought I didn't see the period. Sorry, that's why it looked weird. Um, <laughs> you you play a trainer exploring the Shinho region, the home of the Diamond and Pearl games, in its early days when it was a relatively untamed wilderness. As the name implies, you'll also learn more about the mythical Akuris, I think, creature, and its creation myth. Most gameplay details are still under wraps, but the developers are aiming for more immersive mechanics. You'll seamlessly enter Pokemon battles and sneak up on them to study their behavior. It's not going to share much, much the Switch's... There should be a width in here. It's not going to share much with the the Switch's other big open world game, Breath of the Wild, although the expansive natural landscapes might be superficially familiar. Pokemon Legends of Curious will be released sometimes in early 2020. There's no telling if its approach will be compelling to fans of the series' well-worn formula, but it is at least show, it at least shows that the producers want to branch out and try experiences that are new to Pokemon. Listen, this is the Pokemon game everyone's been asking for. <laughs> It look. I don't give a fuck if they say it's superficial. It looked like Breath of the Wild with Pokemon in it. I was tripping when I was watching the fucking um, press event. Skate, 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 skate. All over my screen, bro. <laughs> I had to replace it. <laughs> screen straight broke. But um, yeah, it's pretty cool. A lot of people are saying, of course, there's haters out there that just complain because they're complaining. Like this dude in the comments, not super impressed by the graphics and the environments, to be honest. It's cartoon, bro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's fucking Pokemon, you know. I love when Ugh. people make fun of certain or try to make fun of certain things and you got people going, um, you know this is fake, right? Like it's not real. Right. <laughs> you, you do know this video game. Right. It's not it's not fucking Skyrim pimp. Like <laughs> calm down. Oh <laughs> uh, shit. So this week the launch of Paramount Plus this week? begins. Like the week we're in? The week we're in. Oh, okay. Is the launch of... <laughs> it's like, why are you being an asshole, Adam? <laughs> the, the week we're currently in, but in this plane of existence. In another okay. plane, it would be next week. Okay. See what I'm saying? What? Okay. Yeah. What? <laughs> okay. uh, Paramount Plus begins, which is a relaunch of the long-running CBS All Access. Even though the run, running the Super Bowl ran into some, pro, um, some issues on the streaming service, 
They didn't slow them down. The new branding is designed for global consumers, as Paramount is a more recognizable name than CBS. Of course, there will be some changes to the money scheme, somewhat. Paramount Plus will have two two pricing tiers. It's This part seems a bit lost in the announcements. While the new service launches on March 4th, 2021, the new pricing will be will launch in June. The low ad-supported price point will be $4.99, which is a dollar lower than the CBS All Access version. The major difference is that you won't be able to watch live TV, local CBS television. You will be able to watch live sporting events like the NFL games, but no local CBS stations. The second price point is like the CBS All Access price, which is $9.99. No ads, except in live programming. Now, the $5.99 CBS All Access price will no longer be offered in, in June, but existing subscribers won't be affected. That is, unless you cancel and resubscribe. The $4.99 Paramount Plus tier will have way more content than CBS All Access ever did, and it's priced to maximize consumer appeal and add revenue. Tom Ryan, CEO of Viacom CBS streaming division, told analysts by eliminating CBS's local locals from that package, C- um, Viacom CBS will have more flexibility in how it structures distribution deals, he adds. Paramount Plus launches with a library of 30,000 plus TV episodes and more than 2,500 movies in the first year that is set to premiere 36 or- original series. It will also present more than a thousand live sporting events annually the content comes from cbs including cbs news and cbs sports and cable networks like nickelodeon mtv bet comedy central and the smithsonian channel with movies coming from paramount pictures mgm and other studios so here's some of the content that's coming i'm going to try to get through this kind of fast drama and tell um tv dramas and comedies uh, Taylor Sheridan Project 6666, a Yellowstone spinoff, and Mayor Kingstown starring Jeremy Renner, a uh, Criminal Minds reboot, Halo based on the Xbox game franchise, which is moving from Showtime, com- um, which is moving from Showtime coming in early 2022, a new series from Kenya Barres, series adaptation of movies The Italian Job, Love Story, Fatal Attraction, Parallax View and Flashdance, new seasons of Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Lower Decks, and the seventh and final season of Darren Star's Younger, starring Sutton Foster and Hilary Duff, a Frasier revival with Kelsey Grammer, and the return of Inside Amy Schumer, spinoffs of The Daily Show with Trevor Noah and Reno 911, and movies based on Workaholics and Beavis and Butthead. Kids programming a new Rugrats, Rugrats, CG animated series, new series set in the world of Avatar, The Last Airbender, and The Legend of Korra from Nickelodeon's new Avatar Studios, animated series Star Trek Prodigy, an iCarly reboot, and a live-action version of Dora the Explorer and the uh, Fairly Odd Parents. I hope it's that Dora from uh, the one on TikTok. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Dude, I came across... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the worst part about TikTok is that the video just repeats because I literally got stuck for a second. Like, what? And then it just played again. And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, reality. Anyway, by the way, it's a, it was a grown woman that was in, mm-hmm. you know, skin tight clothing. Was she, though? Was she? I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she was. She was. Uh, reality and music. 
You've got Queen Queen of the Universe, an international drag queen singing competition for the producers of RuPaul's Drag Race. Revival of MTV's Behind the Music. I'm so down for that. I used to love that fucking show, Behind the Music. Uh, Yo MTV Raps. That was a good movie. <laughs> you know, <I'm> show. <laughs> Yo MTV Raps and Unplugged. Oh, that should be cool. Yeah. And as previously announced, a reunion of the real world, the original New York cast. Uh, movies, Paramount Pictures will get... We'll put many buzzy new releases on the service within 45 days of theatrical release. That is huge. So when new movies come out in the theaters in 45 days, they will be available on the service, which includes Top Gun Maverick, A Quiet Place 2, and Mission Impossible 7. Original films from the studios for Paramount Plus includes a new Paranormal Activity and Pet Cemetery prequel. So, yeah. It's dope. Yeah. Yo MTV Raps was the shit when I was a kid. Oh dude. fuck yeah, dude! You know what they need to bring back? Headbangers Ball. Headbangers Ball was just Yo MTV Raps for 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 heavy metal, and it was right. great. Yeah, it was like I used to love those shows because that was back when MTV wasn't so fucking trendy. <laughs> so they would talk about shit you've never fucking. It wasn't even on the radio, right? You know, and it was and those two shows had this cool like um like it was friends hanging out vibe. Yeah. And just talking about music. Like I really I really dug those shows. I'm starting to remember how much I dug them. <laughs> um speaking of rapping, and I thought this was fucking hilarious. <laughs> so I had to put this on here. Nick Cannon's hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> Facebook's R and D division. <laughs> The MPE team has introduced <laughs> another experimental app that's centered around music. It's called Bars. Jesus. And it's meant to give aspiring rappers a way to record their rhymes with the app's studio quality vocal effects and professionally created beats, as well as to share their videos on social media. I bet the person that came up with that was white. Let's Most likely, name, yeah. Let's name it Bars. Oh my well, God. Bars is a, is a term in hip-hop. I know, but... You know, somebody that came up with it was. White. Yeah, <laughs> it's just some white kid. Um, users can select from the several beats available. And if they write, if they write in app, bars will auto suggest words that rhyme Jesus. with what they're typing. Real lyricists are going to say this is fucking trash. <laughs> I guarantee you. Oh, yeah. Um, the app has audio and visual fi filters and an auto-tune feature, thank God, <laughs> that users can take advantage of to create a polished product. There's also challenge mode, wherein users will have to rap freestyle while incorporating the auto-suggest word cues. That's kind of cool, because it's like a game. Um, as TechCrunch notes, Bars seems to be another attempt at a TikTok competitor, albeit a specialized one, seeing as each video can only be up to 60 seconds in length. Or a special the one in general. <laughs> right. The app even has a similar UI with a two-tabbed vertical video interface. Um, last year, the MPE team released the experimental app Collab, which allowed users to collaborate on music videos without having to get together in person. The team told TechCrunch that the pandemic played a role in the creation of both apps. Quote, I know access to high-priced recording studios and production equipment can be limited for aspiring rappers, on top of that, the global pandemic shut down live performances where we often create and share our work. Team and blah, 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 blah. Here's the issue <laughs> that I have, okay? Mm. A couple of issues. Bars, if this takes off, most of the hip-hop you're going to hear on social media is going to sound exactly the same. Yeah. Now, this 
this works for modern hip hop, most modern hip hop, like the trendy stuff, because it all sounds the same anyway. So it doesn't really matter. We're gonna hear a There's ton mumbling. Of, we're gonna, yeah, I was gonna say we're gonna hear a ton of mumble rap. But one thing that bothers me is this line where it's like, it's hard to have a polished product. You know, what made hip hop great was it wasn't polished. It was someone pouring his soul into that microphone. It was wrong. And all he had was a fucking microphone. Yeah. And now you, it has to be polished. It's not pop music, you fucking asshole. Do it correctly. Well, that's what somebody... I was watching something about hip-hop, and it was like the the art of hip-hop, and some people were saying, they go, yeah, they go, the difference with, you know, the, the thing with hip-hop back in the day, and they were talking about, like, you know, NWA, Ice-T, and, um, uh, like... Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, well, you know, like a bunch of the, the old school, God, it's like suddenly all their names like vanished from my head, um, were, you know, were popular was because they spoke about their lives, the streets and they, and oh no, it was about the, um, East coast, West coast thing, because mm-hmm. they said once that shit got to that point where, you know, fucking Biggie and Tupac were, were murdered, they said that hip hop kind of. Un- realized what was going on and then changed and then now we have the rap of i've got this i've got money i've got yeah. you know bitches and hoes and you know this is what we do and we hang out he goes the gangster element has kind of subsided because of because of of what happened there but i was kind of like yeah and it sucks because it's like it's just like yeah i'm making all this cash and i got all these cars it's like who fucking cares yeah well plenty of people care that's the problem mm-hmm. but it's I could go on. Steve already knows. <laughs> I, I, and, and yes, I am one of the whitest people on the planet, but I, I am a pretty big on hip hop, like especially older stuff. And like, if you listen to like an old fucking, I don't know, Wu Tang track or whatever, it's not perfect. You know, it's an extremely simple beat. It's pretty gritty sounding. And every once in a while, his bars, whoever's talking, don't perfectly sync up and it's fine. Yeah. Because it sounds organic and it sounds real, the super like there's plenty of there's plenty of rap right now that is good. There's there's um there's a lot of good stuff out, but the stuff that gets radio play is garbage. It's it's just pop music, and that's pop the- music has hip hop in it now. That's all mm-hmm. that that's all it is. Well, and that's kind of that's really kind of the thing. It's just like you you look at uh, the hip hop now, and it's like like you said, polished, and it's like hip-hop wasn't supposed to be polished it was underground shit is what what became the standard you know the 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 trunks that all the rappers were selling out of the back of their vans or their cars or whatever it was raw it was it, it had a grit to it and it's like it's not yeah it's not supposed to sound like a studio album and this is but this is the destiny of all musical genres this happened to rock as well hmm. and what happened to rock it fucking died because it got too commercial and no one gave a fuck anymore. Then you had now the, it, then you had grunge, which was supposed to take it back, and then that turned into turned new it, metal. Yeah, so it's like new um, metal was um like Limp Bizkit and right. my when I was in high school, and it was cool, but it didn't have staying power. Right. That's the issue. And there's a perfect example since you said grunge, a perfect example like smells like Teen Spirit, right? Right. Kids now are getting into that song again. You know what I mean? Like that song wasn't for them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? It's just it has staying power. It's just a good song. You know what and, I mean? And it's like, and the one most important <sighs> thing 
the most important element that you could take away from that is Courtney Love did murder Kurt Cobain. (laughs) (laughs) Swear to God. No, but it's, and and this is especially an important topic to me too, because I've lately started to be like really diving into some old stuff that I've never heard before. Even like I was sitting to an album the other day. Um, oh, it's a, it's a 70s band. Well, that narrows it down. I know. Um, <laughs> they were, they're like an easy listening. I can't fucking remember now, but they're the, they're, uh, I can't remember. Um, but I was listening to, it's not something I normally listen to. And I was really, really enjoying it. Like it was just a quality fucking record. I want to say hollow notes, but I don't think it's hollow notes. Um, it's that fucking it's the songs on the tip of my head. It fucking pissed me off. <laughs> you rem- um, you'll remember by the end of the show, probably. I know, <laughs> but it was it was just it was just really good. And there is music like that now. I've had this conversation with my kids. Like, There's good music out there. You just have to find it. Yeah, it's like you it was to, back in the day. But it's harder now. Yeah, because now everything's online, fucking SoundCloud, and all this fucking streaming. Like the thing, I was watching this thing on YouTube where the thing for artists now isn't radio play. No one gives a fuck about the radio. It's getting on these certain playlists that are on Spotify. Yeah, if you can get on those playlists, you'll make it. So it's like this prestigious thing, but the playlists are just trash. It's you know, it's easily digestible crap. And everybody needs a club banger. I'm not saying that don't have their place. But the problem is, is those simple club tracks are now like the most popular songs. Yeah. And it's just like, can we all elevate our fucking minds a little bit? You know? Fuck. But uh, we don't need to talk about this all day. I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen to some old shit. All right. So at this point, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, we'll be back with the news right after this. <laughs> we got these Coke Zero orange vanillas. Mm. They're fucking good, dude. <laughs> Love them. All right, welcome, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> uh, so, a new report has detailed some of the circumstances that may have led to the closure of Stadia Games and Entertainment including missed user targets and developers' desire to launch in beta. And because developing games is so hard. Um, Mm. Earlier this month, Google announced that it would no longer be developing exclusive first-party games for Stadia, winding down its Stadia Games and Entertainment division before it had a chance to finish any titles. At the time, Stadia's Phil Harrison pointed to the immense cost of developing video games, among other factors. Bloomberg had reported more reasons why the closure of Stadia Games and Entertainment was likely inevitable on Google's part. Reportedly, Stadia's developers did not believe they could deliver the product that was promised at the time of the fall 2019 launch, a fact that is backed up by inconsistencies that exist between Stadia's apps even a year later. Instead, they wish they um, they wish to give themselves the protection of launching as a beta service, just as Xbox, I mean, just as Microsoft's xCloud and Amazon Luna both had, which puts on, where's, oh yeah, which puts a cap on players' expectations. Additionally, to ensure that Stadia's, um, to ensure that Stadia launching as a proper product instead of a beta test would have a library of games that players 
would want to play. Google had been paying tens of millions of dollars each to get games like Red Dead Redemption 2 ported to the platform. To put that into perspective, the original Red Dead Redemption was created on a budget of about $100 million. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem as though Google could have fully recouped these investments as Bloomberg cites two sources that as saying that Stadia missed its target for both monthly active players and sales of the Stadia controller by hundreds of thousands. Google has yet to publicly share any hard numbers about the size of Stadia's player base and the closest publicity available metric only offers a number of players in a single game. Elsewhere in the report, we learn a bit more about one of the projects that Stadia Games and Entertainment had in progress. One prototype was reportedly a cross between a Google Assistant and a Tamagotchi pet. A ta- what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Uh... Sadie is really rotten on the vine, isn't it? Yeah. And it's sad because it is a quality technology. I've heard it is working very well, but like Google does this for them. Yeah. They come out with shit and then they don't put anything into it. If it doesn't work quickly, they're like, fuck it. And they'll move on to something else. It's a shame. It's like Sony. I was just thinking that Sony does the same exact fucking thing. Hmm. And it's a shame because both companies have had some solid fucking ideas that are just a little ahead of their time and they just need to stick to it. Yeah, but they don't want to because if it's not recouping right away, let's get rid of it. Yeah, they focus too much on money. It's like you have enough money. Can you just <laughs> can we just calm down for a second? Jesus. Who's was just talking about this for me. Um the coronavirus pandemic may have made it nearly impossible to check out live shows last year. Uh, but the music industry still found a way to grow despite all the hardships. According to the Recording Industry Association of America's annual year-end report, overall recording music revenue increased by 9.2% to $12.2 billion in 2020. That growth was primarily sustained by more money coming from the streaming services, with the format generating $10.1 billion in revenue billion? in 2020. That's a lot of fucking money, bro. Bro. That's a lot of $15 a month. (laughs) If I only had a fraction of that. Let me hold $300, bro. I'm a little broke (laughs) after setting up this apartment. Um, Up from $8.9 billion. Can I just smell like $1,000 of that, please? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, can someone take me to McDonald's, bro? (laughs) (laughs) That's how you can tell someone struggle by how much money they ask for. Right. If someone comes up and asks for twenty bucks, the struggle's real, bro. Right. Like, <laughs> um, 2020 marked the fifth consecutive year of growth on that front. Um, of the major streaming platforms, Spotify and Apple Music were the biggest contributors, generating seven billion dollars in revenue between the two of them. At the same time, the average number of U.S. subscription subscriptions increased by seventy-five point or seventy-five point five million. Up from sixty point four million in the previous year. That makes sense. As people are home and shit, working from home, yeah. some music playing. Um, when you put all those numbers together, streaming accounts for eighty three percent of the industry's total revenue. Sales of CDs and digital downloads continue to decline. But if there's a silver lining, it's that vinyl had another strong year. Um, sales of the format increased by twenty nine point two percent year over year to six. million dollars that's particularly impressive when you consider record shops had to close for most of the year that's fucking true dude yeah um and i'm a fan of vinyl i don't care if i'm a hipster now i'm a fan of vinyl okay 
By I the way, will, quick, I, quick, quick tip for people that are thinking about getting vinyl. If you are buying vinyl, make sure you are either one, it's a cold day or two, you're taking them straight home. You don't leave them in a hot car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't leave, don't lay them flat. Right. If you can't, because they'll warp. And don't touch them. Only touch on the edge of the label because your oil gets in the grooves. This is that's the thing. There, I've I've seen a lot of people complain like, oh, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. It's because it's it's a whole process. Yeah, you have to appreciate it. Okay, got I'm gonna hold. ride my vintage vice bicycle up to the record shop and I'm gonna get. Some- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ride um, that bike like Devo. <laughs> for real, you know what's funny is there really are no um no hipsters anymore. And that's what always happens. You have a fringe group, and then this, the cool stuff they do gets blended into normal society, and then they just kind of die off. Yeah, there's no more hipsters. They're just Civil War reenactors. Those people need to stop it. <laughs> it's always the lie. It's like uh, people always say, like, are they hipsters or Civil War reenactors? You decide. <laughs> I don't trust any Civil War. This is a quote from someone back when I was living in Massachusetts. I will not quote someone who reenacts the civil war and picks the South. <laughs> I won't do it. I don't care where they're from. I don't care who they are. If you pick the South, fuck you. Right. Not only, and he told me, he goes, not only did you pick people who were okay with slavery, but you picked the losing side. You already knew they were going to lose. It's like, it's like, like shirts or skins and you pick skins. It's like, dude, yeah, like what, what are you doing? You, are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> no, I pick um, skins. No homo. <laughs> one crucial one crucial question the riaa's report doesn't answer is where all that money is ending up the streaming model pays out generously to the world's biggest acts but makes it difficult for smaller and independent artists to make a living off their music what fucking we just talked about in some ways that's always been the case with the industry but the problem has been become more pronounced with the coronavirus pandemic. There's an entire subsection of professionals who haven't been able to participate in the economic growth the industry saw this year because it's been impossible for musicians and bands to tour. That's something platforms like Bandcamp have tried to address, but it will take other companies turning to more equitable business models before the problem gets better. Yeah, because the smaller groups rely on touring for the majority of their money. Um, I don't know what the fuck Bandcamp is. Bandcamp got me back into buying music. The website allows me to reconnect with the rituals I loved before. I'm gonna have to check this out. Maybe talk about it next podcast because I don't. I don't really know what it is. This one um, time at Bandcamp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, but that's it. I mean, <laughs> streaming, of course, is making a ton of money. Um. And I think it's the convenience factor. I mean, and, and I have I pay for Spotify for my family. I use YouTube music because I use it with somebody else. It's free. Um, and yeah, I use it most of the time. I don't have any other way to play music right now. Yeah. But I will be buying a record player very soon. And yeah. I'm going to be bougie as fuck about it. <laughs> well, so. Well, that's the real thing. Like for me, it's like, yeah, of course, when you're home. Or you're out for, you know, your walk by or, you know, you go out for a little walk and stuff. Because we've been stuck indoors. You're, you're yeah, you're going to be using streaming services. If you're one of the few that actually has, like, I have an iPod, which I'll sometimes listen to. But, you know, it, it's, it's you know, streaming music makes sense. Nobody wants to listen to the fucking radio anymore. Because they play the same 10 songs over and over again with a ton of commercials in between. So, 
Simon and Garfunkel. Ah, that's a good one. That's who it was. I was listening to one of their albums, and at first I almost changed it because I was like, I don't listen. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it was just good. They they have a real harmony to them. Thank you. I'm sorry. That's just that's that's they're, was, they're good. I have I have one of their. I, I think I have the greatest hits. Just literally gnawing at me the entire time. <laughs> I told you. I told you later. Of, of silence. silence. <laughs> it's one of the greatest <laughs> fucking songs, dude. Hey, Mrs. Robinson. Hey. <laughs> they look like two fucking dweebs, but it's it's good. Yeah. All right. So it isn't a surprise when social media companies clone features from other companies. It's a polite way to say copy. Facebook has done it with TikTok and Snapchat, but it's rare when a company clones a service that is specifically usually associated with a questionable service. During its analyst day presentation, Twitter's super follow features seem to be a clone of OnlyFans, which Mm. is a weird service to go after. Communities is a Facebook group-like feature that will allow Twitter users to come together based on their interests. Quote, we're working to create a product experience that makes it easier for people to dis- form, discover, and participate in conversations that are more targeted to their relevant communities and geographies they're interested in. Twitter note, uh, t- Twitter wrote in a slide. Twitter uh, um, also said it's exploring features geared more toward influencers and creators who want to monetize their Twitter following, including tipping and super follows. The company didn't provide details on how tipping may work, but Twitter head of design and research, uh, Dantley. I don't trust anybody that has a name like Dantley. Yeah, for real. That's a, that's a fucking. That's someone's going to tie you to a train track. <laughs> yeah. Fuck out of here. This is a. Oh my god. This is a. This is a Stan Lee name. Dantley Davis. <gasps> that's a villain, bro. That's a villain, bro. Yeah. Uh, suggested that feature was related to the company's move in long form content and subscription following its acquisition of newsletter company review. We see other impactful opportunities provide monetary incentive models that allows creators and publishers on Twitter to directly support by their articles. They'll see they'll see us explore solutions for tipping and accounting subscriptions through sub superfollow, Davis said. According to the images shared by Twitter, superfollows will provide users with access to newsletters, special badges, and other exclusive content. Uh, air quotes over that. Uh, creators could also set tweets so that only people who have paid for super follows can reply. We're rethinking incentives and exploring solutions to provide monetary incentive models for creators and publishers to be directly supported by their audience, Twitter wrote in, a pre- in the presentation. These ad- additions, such as Twitter's super follows, is nothing new. We have seen certain YouTube personalities that add benefits for donations. Some YouTube personalities ask fans to donate to get a question answered in their live feed. Obviously, some will say that this is a combination of Patreon and OnlyFans, yet the reach of both those services will be tough for users of Twitter to compete with. As a content creator, there is no real incentive to create special content for Twitter. Patreon and OnlyFans have a better platform to get extra content to the masses. Their recent Snapchat clone hasn't taken off like they hoped. There is no information as to when these features will begin testing, much less when they will launch. 
Twitter is a different social media universe, much like Facebook. Neither of them have the same impact they had five years ago. YouTube, Instagram, Instagram, Patreon, and OnlyFans are the are more focused on getting paid for content. This is another eye roll feature Twitter is using to stay relevant. Twitter just needs to stay being Twitter. They need to stay in their lane. Well, the problem is, is Twitter has never figured out a way to make money. This is true. They don't make much. This is true. So it's like, but Twitter's cool. Like, leave Twitter alone. (laughs) I don't care if you're not making money. (laughs) You don't care if you're not making money. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only one I use. (laughs) That and Reddit. Reddit is perfect. I love Reddit. It's messy, but it's great. It's messy, but it works. Yeah. So this is a follow-up that um, from an article I did a long time ago. Um, and Steve actually found this one, um, which is great. So in the spring of 2011, Brandon <laughs> Wally and Jerry Paff- Paffendorf were hot at work in Corktown, starting with two long vacant houses near Michigan um, Central Station. Their group, Imagination Station, had de- dedicated itself to commissioning local public art projects. They're probably – they're already helped – They'd already helped make a few attention-getting pieces <laughs> a reality, sorry, such as the Hygienic Dress League sign that once graced on the Roosevelt Hotel with solar-powered neon seagulls or Monumental Kitty, Jerome Freddy's brick-and-mortar sculpture near the old Tiger Stadium site. I don't know what either of those things are. <laughs> Sitting in an Eastern Market coffee shop uh, many years later, Wally recalls those exciting times it was our mandate to think of creative stuff we could could do with art to call attention to the neighborhood while supporting local artists he says and then 10 years ago this month some wag some wag tweeted at what is a wag Mm. some wag tweeted at detroit mayor dave bing that detroit needed a statue of robocop it must mean genius (laughs) i know right (laughs) um the reason Philadelphia had a statue of Rocky and RoboCop would kick Rocky's butt. That's a quote, by the way. I would say whoop his ass. You you understand. The post led up social networking, prompting the creation of a fan page blaring Detroit needs a RoboCop statue. It gave hundreds of people something to like, to laugh about, or even scorn. Within 24 hours, it went viral, Wally says. And I don't remember whether I called Jerry or Jerry called me. Um, but a light bulb went off. We were like, whoa, we could really create a, a big buzz and gain a lot of attention for what we're doing. We might be able to take it to the next level. It's <laughs> an explanation point. So um, their instincts hit instant pay dirt. Within three days, their crowdfunding appeal for funding a statue of Robocop had raised more than $17,000 from more than 900 backers worldwide. Heck, soon funny or Die released a video of RoboCop lead actor Peter Weller riffing on the project. Riffing on the project. Um, by the time the funding drive was over six weeks later, um, more than 2,700 backers had pledged more than $65,000. <laughs> Jesus. At a time hey, when can, I just, can I just smell like a couple hundred bucks? Like that can, <laughs> can, can I hold it? I just want a loaf of bread. Can, can I scoop swing my fries real quick? <laughs> At a time when crowdfunding projects were novel, 
um, this kind of off-the-charts response drew widespread publicity, favorable and critical. Most people, of course, were dazzled by the money that poured in, but at least a few wondered aloud why. In a resource-strapped city literally on the verge of bankruptcy, it was such a cinch cinch to fund a pricey, um, irreverent pop culture's project. It's because people from outside the city are funding it. It's not that hard to figure out. By the way, this was... Um, this is a follow-up to an article that we did on the show, episode 18, That's pre- right. President's Day edition. It was back in 2011. Yeah. And I was very excited about it back then. <laughs> um, that said, few of the supporters or doubters um, present present at the inception – present at the inception could have realized what lay ahead. The initial vision of a Finnish statue in Roosevelt Park in front of the city's derelict train station <laughs> seemed seemed within reach in weeks, uh, perhaps much. It's really depressing when you see some of the pictures of downtown Detroit. It was because it, it looks like it used to be an amazing city, and I'm not talking about the people, I, it, but it's it's just run down and it sucks. Like I, anytime they say they're doing a project that will rebuild Detroit, I always root for it. Like yeah. I want Detroit to be the shit again, and I've ne- I've never even been there. Um, I still get emails asking about the progress every day. Well, it says I think, in all honestly, honesty, we all admit we were maybe a bit naive, but it was exciting. It's amazing to think about. It has been a journey. <laughs> it better be a journey you're about to finish. People donating that much money. Good tripping. Back in 2011, however. The team found itself in the middle of a crash course on how to build a giant metal statue, contending with obstacles as yet unconsidered. Fortunately, the engaged um, backers, I'm not saying that word, it's some French thing and I don't know how to say it, um, (laughs) overflowed with in-kind donations as well as advice on fabrication and potential sites. For instance, since RoboCop is a piece of valuable intellectual property, the group needed to seek permission from the owner. Luckily, Fred Barton Productions stepped in, volunteering the use of an MGM-approved design for a life-size statue of the fictional crime fighter. Barton had based his model on original production designs and with a little computer magic in the form of 3D scanning and digital scaling, as well as some remilling at a factory out west. Um, foam, Foam forms... (laughs) would be produced for the final casting it looked as though the monument would be up in no time a year after the funding goal was reached however organizers were already managing to managing the expectations of impatient backers an update in march 2012 hinted at the the sorts of inquiries they were fielding cautioning that they were relying on the kindness of experts working pro bono we've been in the same boat as you as far as wondering when the statue will be here the update read the reality is sixty thousand dollars turns out not to be a lot of money for the task at hand (sighs) okay um but the promised forms would not arrive in detroit until september of 2013 the first image of the framework resemble resembling the final statue were released five months later Another delay cropped up to, to stay on mission and ensure the, the work was done by the Detroit artists selected for the job. The crew would have to purchase a furnace to melt the bronze. <laughs> um, organizers hinted, hinted that the molds were, nearly com- were nearing completion in December 2014, but the next update didn't come until 14 months later in February 2016, and the final major molds were completed and poured in, until October 2016. 
by now, some commenters on the on the updates um, had become downright grouchy about the lack of a clear timetable. I mean, you kind of can't blame them. Yeah, I mean, ten years is a long time. Yeah, like I I guess maybe we don't understand how it is to build a statue, but I mean, common sense dictates it don't take ten years. Yeah. You know, so it's, I mean, I think people in Roman times built statues faster than that out of marble. I just want to know, is it going to say thank you for your cooperation? If it doesn't, you might as well tear it the fuck down. Right. (laughs) It didn't help. Does it have a (laughs) jetpack? Right. It needs a jetpack. It didn't help that the Robo Cruise announcements were steeped in breezy, informal tone and seemed forever on the verge of making a final announcement only to lapse into many months of silence. The assurance that... So basically, they were on the forefront of crowdfunding, and then they invented the way crowdfunding works. Right. Because it's all most of those crowdfunding projects are like that. That's why I never donate money to them. <laughs> <laughs> There's been so many that don't go through. Um, the assurance that everything will be done soon begin to wear thin. Premature announcements even got as far as, an assemble, as assembling guest lists for viewings that were postponed out of existence. Confidence in the project was hardly bolstered by the cascading list of sites um, discussed for the piece. Roosevelt Park, Tech Town, Belle Isle, and finally the Michigan Science Center. Add to this, this is almost over, I promise. (laughs) I think. No, it's not. Um, I'm not reading this whole fucking thing. So let's, (laughs) unless you want me to read this whole thing. No, but it's... uh... It's almost this, completed. It's getting close to completion. It's getting close to complete. There's some pictures here. It looks nice, but I'm going to be completely honest with you. It shouldn't have taken this long. No. And the reason why people are upset is, yes, I have never built a giant statue before. But if something is taking this long, it's incompetence that is causing the majority of the delays. Right. And that's why people are upset. It's like, you asked us for money. We gave you money. And you're not doing anything. That's why people get upset. And then also, it's one of those things, like, because I'm, I'm thinking about it now. When I first heard about this, I thought it was awesome. I was like, fuck yeah, because RoboCop's great, blah, blah, blah. Now time's worn on, and I'm like, who fucking cares? <laughs> it's, it's fucking RoboCop. Like, it's just going to make Detroit look kind of silly if you really think about it. Like, Rocky doesn't make Philadelphia look any sillier than Philadelphia already is. <laughs> Because it's a it's a person, you know what I mean. It's a fictional Robocop person. Is, it's a fictional person, but it's just a person. It's a boxer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Robocop's is going to be standing all proud. It's going to look cool, but it's not going to add any serious tone to the town. Yeah, but you'll get people to be like, "Oh shit, we got to go. We got to go get a check out the Robocop statue." That's true. Because you know, no, if we Detroit, were there, they'll probably trash it. Because you know, if we were there, we'd be like, "Is that statue still up?" Okay, let's go get it. Let's go check it out. <laughs> yeah, I'd have multiple pictures, like real talk. <laughs> but for all this, though, 10 years, yeah. so much money, you know, why is it taking so long? Why is it so expensive to make this statue? Like, does it cost this much to make statues? I don't. Because I'm from a place with a lot of fucking statues. It could have, it could have been, you know, probably people said, oh, I'll do it for this and then couldn't do it, you know, mm-hmm. and just in shit like that. Or like anything, you get contractors to do something and the price keeps going up. Yeah, or they never you know, do I'm it. Sure, I'm sure there's reasons. I'm not talking about that these people are assholes. I'm talking about the why someone would perceive this situation as being shitty yeah. from the outside. 
you know. And also, I think their biggest mistake was not being forthcoming with details. Well, that's always the issues when you do yeah, this crowdsourcing. Don't, don't ignore people. Like, just tell them what's happening, and then they'll be more understanding with you. Yeah. But the statue does look pretty dope. Yeah. So. So let's just hope it gets done and gets a home. So I think its home should be right here in uh, Arizona. <laughs> so I may visit it. It'll probably melt. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, bronze melt mess. <laughs> no, but I hope I hope they get it up soon. The only reason I stopped reading it is just because it was I wasn't even halfway through. <laughs> I'm gonna be here all fucking day. I didn't realize how long it was. Uh, all right. So I think it's now we come in to go into our douchebags of the week. And um in Steve Vargas. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so this one here is kind of a throwback to a story God about the same amount of time. <laughs> so um since we're we, in a nostalgic mood today. I know, really. Kind of seems a little a little uh what do you call full circle? Oh, you know, cause after a time, cause I know when we were talking about this stuff, why is my voice going all of a sudden? <clears throat> um, emotional, I guess right? I get a little, fo- <laughs> I'm getting a little fo- clumped. Um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, we had always said that it seems like the news stories kind of keep repeating themselves. And it's funny that we're having two stories that kind of are happening at this, like really at like when we started this thing. So since we founded the Lazy Geeks back in 2010, we realized one thing covering news since then. Old becomes new. When we started the blog, one of our favorite morons was Leland Yee. He was a former California state senator that made it his life's work to try and ban violent video games. More significantly, he wanted to shut down the sale of violent video games. It's important to note that he was convicted of being an arms trafficker, bribery, and corruption. Uh... So, he was a stand-up guy worried about violence in video games. Now we have an Illinois representative, Marcus C. Evans Jr., who wants to carry the mantle. Again, what is is old is new again. So, there is a 2012 law that prevents retailers from selling violent video games to minors, as it should. We want to, um, he wants to adjust the bill. House Bill 3531 wants to prevent the sale of all violent video games. Why? He feels those violent video games are the cause of for the increase in carjackings and violent games in Chicago. Elsewhere in the amendment, legislators took a um, it just legislators looked to change the definition of quote unquote serious physical harm to include carjacking and other and many other things. Rates of carjackings have increased across Chicago. 218 incidences reported to ha- to police in January, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. Quote, the bill would prohibit the sale of some of these games that promote the activities that we're suffering from in our communities, Evans told the Sun-Times. There is very little chance this bill will go into effect. Take California, for instance. In 2011, the Supreme Court said the California legislators could not ban the sales of violent video games to minors. Video games qualify as free speech, as The Verge reported at the time. Like the protected books, plays, and movies that preceded them, video games communicate ideas and even social messages. Though many familiar literary devices, such as characters, dialogue, plot, and music, and through features distinctive to the medium, such as players' interactions with the virtual world, Supreme Court Justice Scalia 
one of the most conservative justices, wrote, that suffices that suffices to confer First Amendment protections. In 2020, the American Psychological Association reported that there is, very, there is little scientific evidence that supports a casual link between violent video games and violent behavior. Violence is a complex social problem that likely stems from many factors that warrant attention from researchers, policymakers, and the public. APA President Sandra L. Schulman wrote in the report, Attributing violence to video games is not scientifically sound and draws attention away from other factors, such as a history of violence, which we know from researchers is a major predictor of future violence. However, the APA suggested that there was a, quote, small reliable association with increased aggression, like yelling and pushing. However, these aggressions do not extend to more violent outcomes. These are similar findings, uh, findings to an international study published in 2018. Legislators do this traditional thing to appear to voters that they care. This isn't anything new. They did it towards comics, rock and roll, television, movies, Marilyn Manson, now video games, again. GTA came out in 2013 for the PlayStation 3. Blaming video ga- violent video games is a non-answer. Let's get one thing straight. What happened in Chicago happened long before violent video games. By their logic, Al Capone was, a, was into violent video games. Yeah. It, it's, the, it's the old saying, art imitates life. Right. You know, and it's... Video games sometimes can be a caricature of life, but I mean, violence is in life. Therefore, it will be in video games. It is what it is. No well-balanced individual is going to play GTA and then go, you know what? I should steal cars and murder people. (laughs) Now, there are are some people that are fucked up, but that's that's a deeper issue. It's not a song or a video game that caused them to be that way. Right. I cut this on the on the blog post for this one. I got this picture of a of a little girl holding up one of those, you know, video game guns. I, yeah. I put the caption, can't wait to west that MFR in the Lambo. That's right. <laughs> a little white girl is holding up this gun. Pull out my nine and blast a fool. <laughs> um Yeah. So it's 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 such an old th- they it like comes around every generation. Yeah. Video games like, are the devil. It's like They're once a decade. Causing... Once a decade. Right. And it's, you know, video games are the, the most profitable medium of entertainment right now. Yeah. And it's, I don't see that going, I don't see that getting any, you know, cheaper. So it's just like, whatever, shut I mean, the fuck up. As I've, as I've always said, I go, if we go by their logic, if we go like, oh, violent video games are the cause for, for this. By that, if you go back to like the old school GTA, we should be in fucking Mad Max right now. We're also getting quickly to the point where the people that are supposed to be saying that video games are causing violence played video games when they were younger yeah you know maybe not yet (laughs) but this this problem will eventually disappear when people who were born in the 80s are in congress (laughs) no one's gonna say this anymore (laughs) right because they're gonna be like listen when i know there's a lot of uh negativity around video games but the truth is they didn't have any skills on the sticks and that's why they're upset (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you'll hear somebody go fuck off in the background they look and somebody's already wired in playing world of warcraft right there you know <laughs> right uh let me be clear my high score is <laughs> never being touched it's just it's video games are such a part of of um of culture now especially american culture and i think that um 
it's you know everybody always wants to talk shit because just like you said it was before video games it was music yeah before before it was music because music used to be a little chiller <laughs> um it was movies yeah. movies were gonna kill everybody violent movies you know? were the you know but and also comic books comic know? books as well comic books were rotting children's minds and the funny thing is these movements always start with one person mm-hmm just like anti-vaxxing starts with like one person that misquoted or said some stupid shit. And then it, it blows into this big thing. Fat, flat earthers started with stupidity. Well, I, I and, just, I blame everything on flat earthers. I, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> speedways. Have you heard about that? Um, Johnson and Johnson vaccine. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. One dose, right? right? One dose, and you can still catch COVID, but it's basically the common cold. So it's the flu. It's the basic flu vaccine, right? Yeah. So if you catch it, you're just gonna have the sniffles. Might get moderate because I was I was listening to Fauci <laughs> talk gonna about say, it. I thought you're gonna say might get the sniffles, might get mono. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're having a good time, right? Um, I was hearing Fauci talking about it. He said that yes, it's 77 or whatever right. percent effective of keeping you from getting moderate to moderate issues right. but it's 100 percent effective to keep you out of the hospital and death so I'm like that's fine yeah as long as i'm 100%. no one would give a fuck <laughs> everyone get the johnson and johnson one shot and then just open everything back up well, i'll take a fucking cold yeah it's like it's like the flu shot you know? yeah so very happy about that i forgot yeah. to mention i was going to mention that at the beginning of the show and i um i forgot so um yeah speak keeping on that subject let's talk about sick pay <laughs> Bro, this is another one that Steve found, and I had to speak about it. And of I, course, he wants to shove it in my face because it's Arizona. Okay. And Arizona can sometimes be the Florida of West Coast. Let's be honest. Okay. Um, I thought it would tickle your fancy, particularly. Now, in defense, though, this is out, this is in Coolidge. This is fucking central Arizona, like the California, but like, no one cares about this place. Okay. I'm just saying. No offense to homies and cool. <laughs> but listen, you know where you live. I mean, come on. An Arizona man was arrested after faking his own kidnapping because he did not want to go to work. He said, 19 year old Brandon Souls was found roughing, roughed up and helpless on February 10th in Coolidge, a city 55 miles from Phoenix. I thought it was a little further than that. Ah, whatever. It's not in the county I live in. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I can't walk there. (laughs) You can't walk there, no. It's easy to forget that it's there. That's what I'm saying. Um, He told police he had been kidnapped by two masked men. In actuality, police said, he did it all himself. A Coolidge Police Department official said he informed us that he at first stuffed a bandana in his mouth. Around COVID? That's what we're doing? Come on. (laughs) Afterwards, he took off his own belt and bound his hands with his own belt with his own belt okay good quote dude um he laid on the ground and scooted out on the side of the road so somebody could see him and and waited where does he work (laughs) this is serious it must be walmart um because i used to when i used to work at walmart i'm like hey um i'm gonna have to take today i've used one of my sick days what's the matter with you and i'm all none of your fucking business um you motherfucker right you're my problem that's why i can't go and his plan worked 
or at least he thought it would. Police were called to probably work for Amazon. <laughs> right. Um, police were called to the scene by a passerby um, and found souls. He informed us that he was hit on the head and stuffed in a car in front of his home. And this occurred after seven o'clock in the morning. Shift probably started at fucking eight. But, but, <laughs> seven but o'clock he, and police at my door. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Um, but when we located video surveillance in front of his home, oops, oh. we were able to see no such thing, the police off, off official said. Souls explained the kidnapping was over a large amount of money that his father had hid somewhere around town. Uh-huh. <laughs> no one has that much money in Coolidge. Stop it. Um, the elaborate story, along with the slew of text message evidence he claimed to have, were all made up, police said. Coolidge Police Department detectives brought him in on the 17th of February, and we questioned him. After we showed him all the information, he admitted that he fabricated the story because he didn't want to go to work, the police official said. <laughs> Imagine the look of the police police officer's face, bro. You didn't want to what? <laughs> bro, you got me here working overtime, though, because you didn't want to work. Right. I'd slap the shit. I'd be fucking – they'd have to put me on a leave. Um <laughs> That's something Souls won't have to worry about anymore. Police said he was fired from his job at. <laughs> he was fired from his job at the tire factory. The tire factory? The tire factory. <laughs> uh, a male subject whose hands were bound behind his back with a belt and had a bandana stuffed in his mouth. Initially, the subject reported to, uh, to officers that two masked men kidnapped him and took him nowhere because he was home, I guess. Um, <laughs> hit his head, knocked him unconscious, and drove him around in a vehicle before they left him in, in the area he was found. An extensive investigation was conducted by Coolidge detectives, and evidence was discovered showing his story was fabricated and no kidnapping or assault occurred. Souls was charged February 17th for reporting false information. Police said he pled guilty to the crime. It was very important that we put out that media release to let people know that our community is still safe and there are not two masked men running around <laughs> kidnapping people. Yeah. <laughs> Police said on top of the fear, it was also a waste of resources, officers, fire, EMS, as well as the hospital that treated his self-inflicted wounds. According to the New York Times, Soul didn't immediately respond to a Tuesday request for comment. I need to know. <laughs> it's not even a bucket. It's it's a job you could blow off. Yeah. You should never blow off your job, but it's one of those jobs you call in, look, I'm sick, I can't come in. Right. Like, did he run out of sick days? Like, <laughs> Bro. Well, he probably didn't have, he probably worked part-time over there, he probably didn't have any sick days, but still. But still, it's like, I got to how because what's the angle but, here but see here's, you, the, here's the que here's the bigger question if this is where he ended up what kind of shit was he saying before that right <laughs> like he has to like oh shit it's like it just escalates stick, it escalates so now he has to say he's been fucking kidnapped and just stick with and this is the perfect example of people that don't realize you don't have to give a reason legally you just tell them i can't come in today yeah. And if they ask you, go, because I can't. That's all you need to know. This motherfucker made the most elaborate <laughs> excuse. It, I would have rather went to work than do all this fucking shit. I, that's what I told Adam. I was like, wouldn't that be more work than actually just going to work? I'm looking at his mugshot, he looks like a fucking idiot. <laughs> if this was my kid, oh, fuck. <laughs> you better keep him in jail. You come <laughs> home, I beat the shit out of him for real. <laughs> 
ridiculous <laughs> yeah i saw this early last week and i sent it to adam and i was like i think i found your douchebag and he was like oh yeah oh my god <laughs> and i had skimmed it and i'm like oh yeah this is perfect i didn't see he worked the fucking tire <laughs> factory what the fuck oh <laughs> uh, shit all right so in that same vein that moves us into our social media idiots so this one comes from i fucking love science Another day, another bizarre and false claim about a deep state ploy to protect the wealthy elites. The latest conspiracy theory comes from a TikTok trend that is currently going viral that shows people holding a flame to a snowball that burns instead of melting. <laughs> you'll see it. You'll see it's not melting and it's going to burn, states a TikTok user Thanks, in the Bill video. Gates. <laughs> Snow don't burn. Snow fucking melts. No water, no dripping, no nothing. If I put this shit in the microwave, it's going to start sparking and then there's metal mixed in it. The video has emerged from Texas, which is currently seeing wide scale power outages as as snowstorms, which could well be linked to global warming, cause major disruptions. Um, there, There you go. Okay, now you're moving. Uh Extreme weather at latitudes that usually have a mild climate can occur following sudden changes in the weather weather at the Earth's poles. In this instance, it was a rapid heating from the Arctic that essentially lets cold weather leak into the United States. Polar vortexes act like shepherds from extreme uh, for extreme heat, keeping the cold air at the highest latitudes. When they weaken a sudden spike in temperature, the extreme weather can spread to other locations. What inspires this individual to pop outside, fetch a snowball, and flambe it in the kitchen, we may never know. But, and, uh, but, and we can't stress this enough, it's just snow. The fact that snow can burn and even blacken when exposed to flame is undeniably a confusing visual, but there's a perfectly regular explanation as to why this happens. uh, Matter can change from a solid to a liquid or a liquid to a gas, but most people have seen snow melt. The uh, sublimation is a term used to describe the transition from something that kind of skips a step. In this instant, going from a solid to a to gas, the heat is turning the frozen solid water into vapor gas, which is why no liquid appears. It, this isn't actually the first time this conspiracy theory party trick has emerged. Back in 2014, people's interest was piqued by the phenomenon. Explainer videos were released in response, that, but that didn't stop the topic from gaining traction on tiktok in this latest installment of pin the conspiracy theory can can pin the conspiracy on the inanimate object in case you need further evidence the makers of this latest video also tried to prove the existence of metal and snow by popping a snowball in the microwave that exercise proved to be something of an anticlimactic um as rather than sparking it as predicted the ball just got a bit wet like lightly hot snow does and you can't win them all i guess it's easy to see how the theory evolved given that uh, texas freezing over is a discombobulating concept in itself add to the fact that the spraying chemicals into the atmosphere has been suggested as a way to combat climate change and you've got your you got yourself a cook at home recipe for some tinfoil hat thinking in reality the agent 
for tackling global warming centers around a non-toxic calcium carbonate spray that could reflect energy from the sun back into space is a similar way to see snow um, to see ice cooling down on the earth science hasn't quite gotten around to controlling weather unfortunately you have to make your own icebergs here so i just love that somebody see somebody sees something they don't understand immediately and the the first thought they get is Bill Gates is dropping chemicals from <laughs> fake snow to, to trick us. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> Nine times out of ten, the simplest answer is the correct one. It's funny too because like um um they passed, you know, in the in the House of Representatives, they passed that uh transgendered protection law, which you know basically meant you can't discriminate against transgendered or right. sexual identity. And then, of course, QAnon um, representative uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene um, said that that violates people's civil rights. And I was like, what, protecting somebody? Because, you know, that does it. And that's what I always thought was kind of interesting. It's like, oh, no, that violates our civil liberties. Why? Because you can't discriminate against someone. And um, the person that sponsored it, his daughter is transgendered. And... Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has the office across from that lady's office, um, put up a sign that says, they're two genders. Believe the science. I saw it, yeah. And I was like, oh, believe the science? This from the woman that says there's a giant Jewish space laser in space that started the, the forest fires? I'm telling you, she just <laughs> saw fucking space balls too, one too many fucking times. <laughs> well, that was funny because like, we like, me and my brother were talking about some of the stuff that they believe. And I was like... Oh my God, these people watch too many fucking movies. Yeah. That's what it is. If you really look at the stuff they say, their 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 basis of physics is what you see in movies. <laughs> like the the this uh what was it, QAnon um QAnon Anonymous uh podcast that I listened to. <laughs> they were um, I've been meaning to you were telling me about that the um a few weeks back. I've been yeah. meaning to check that out. Um they were talk I was I'm listening to some of their old episodes and they were talking about the um uh, the QAnon conspiracy of, of, of um, you know, the liberals and Democrats drinking children's blood, but yeah. th- it has to be a certain type of, of children's blood. And somebody was like going, do you know what? This reminds me of that movie, um, Death Becomes Her. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, they go, you know, and they had to drink, they drank some concoction that made them young. And I go, oh my God, that's true. I'm like, did they just get all this shit from movies? Like, like is it somebody you. did somebody watch Death Becomes Her? That's how the liberal elites do it. That's how they stay young. <laughs> Death Becomes Her was a fucking banger movie too. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I thought that movie was so funny. <laughs> and bo- all um, those guys on there were like, "Oh, dude, I fucking love that movie." But they're like, yeah. we just recently watched that. The kids watched it too. They're like, "What is this? This movie's so weird." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, it was weird back then." <laughs> Madeline. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, you you listen like a lot of the flat Earth people. When they explain the science, I'm like, "What cartoon did you fucking hear this on?" <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you, your 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 understanding of physics <laughs> is flawed. But the problem is, you can't tell them that because they go, "You just believe the lies." Yeah. And again, I always say, "What is the benefit of everyone <laughs> lying to you?" Yeah. There's no benefit in you in you thinking the Earth is round if it's not. 
Yeah. And what is the it's virtue of flat Earth? Basically, it's like that. It's just what is the virtue of a of a round Earth? Like what what specific? All the other planets are round except for this one. Is that that? that and you know that. And it probably has something to do. We're special, you yeah. know. <laughs> Next to new conspiracies, we actually are the center of the solar system. <laughs> I I have one. Um, I was talking. <laughs> I'm gonna leave on this. <laughs> Samantha, my daughter, my lovely daughter. <laughs> had a friend over and um she was like she said to her <laughs> she goes what's the or she she asked samantha something and so it's like i don't know ask my dad he'll know she goes what's the name of the solar system and i go Sol? solar system it's solar <laughs> system and she goes how no like what's the name i'm like it's solar system <laughs> And she goes, isn't that just every star with planets around it? And I go, no. <laughs> it's the system um, with soul in it. Soul's the name of the star. Solar system. And she goes, no, that's not right. And I'm like, how are you going to ask a fucking question? <laughs> you didn't know the answer to this question. I answer the question, and then you tell me I'm wrong. Leave me the fuck alone then. Yeah. You know, like if you're if you're willfully ignorant, fuck off. Don't bother me. I don't want to be involved. You know? But yes, the name of, if anyone didn't know that, because I know a lot of people don't know that. Or people will say it's the soul system, which I used to make that mistake when I was younger. It's the solar system. And then anything else is an extra, what is it called? Extra planetary fucking, I don't know. Technically, if the star has a name, you're supposed to be able to say the name of the star, then system. So like Alpha Centauri system. We've seen Star Trek. Right? We the know right, how this the, works. The Rigel system. The Rigel system. Okay. The Vulcan system. So anyway, um, <laughs> I got lost in thought for a second. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. If you like this show or any of the shows on the Lazy Geeks Network, I hope you don't like the show too much because it's a <laughs> couple episodes away from being canceled. Um, you can could, you could definitely donate. Any donations will help all shows on the network. Um, not this one as much as the other ones though. But, but by the way, if you do donate, that'll help. Um, it'll help us in our fight against cancel culture. Because, that's right. You know, we're being canceled, you know, by ourselves, like we're canceling ourselves and we need to right. stop that. So your we, money, will we help. need to be stopped. <laughs> we need to be stopped. So you need to donate to help, oh, help Christ. us prevent ourselves from canceling this show. So, and by the way, it won't help, but try. <laughs> so they're like, well, we got $150,000. They're all Republicans, too. <laughs> you know you know what hit a little too close to home? You know how in WandaVision, where she says, um, last week on WandaVision, in the beginning, mm -hmm. if you notice every episode, she sounds more and more tired. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, it's obviously like a, a callback to like, she's, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil WandaVision, but she's tired. And um, I'm like, I, I feel like that's this body. <laughs> it's just like the exit. My exits used to be really enthusiastic. I'm like, hey, thanks for coming. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, and if you can't help us out with some cash, you can always drop a review, share the show with people, check out our other shows 
on on this one uh you know we we still got some we still got some uh, knowledge to drop for you we we might have some new shit coming down the pike too right, right. stay That's fucking right. tuned right all right um you can check out all the other podcasts on the lazy geese network our new show is the truly pointless podcast which is fun fun to listen to and fun to record basically um, a stream of consciousness <laughs> that's right it's just us bullshit half the time i forget we're recording <laughs> i'm just like he, the last one we recorded was basically me just fucking complaining about being too busy yeah <laughs> it's the seinfeld of podcasts <laughs> right. essentially um and then the away team is our star trek podcast which we definitely love um and we're back now that there's no um current star trek going on we're back to do an enterprise um and this episode we're about to record the fool is fucking fire to be honest <laughs> um so all right if you have any questions comments or ideas just go ahead and hit us up you can catch us on social media facebook twitter and instagram all under at the lazy geeks or email us the mailbag at the lazy geeks dot com dot com dot com <laughs> PlayStation. Uh, this- <laughs> so that is it for us this week. So until next time, I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. We're thinking so you don't have to. And keep wearing those masks. Yeah.